Welcome to Grow Your Dental Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Mohammed Ismail. I'm a cloud accounting expert and a business advisor to dental and medical professionals. My firm, Shift Accounting, has helped our clients reach their financial goals. How do we do this? Well, we offer awesome bookkeeping and business consultancy. Our monthly management reports provide valuable financial insights. These insights can help you improve your profitability and get you to your goal faster. Our goal for the Grow Your Dental podcast is to provide you with valuable resources to help you build, manage, and grow your dental practice. I interview experts in a variety of areas. Whether you are just thinking about starting your own practice or you're already well on your way, there's something for everyone here. We wanted to start the podcast off with a bang, so we released the entire full season so you can get started. We'll be back later this year to continue providing you with valuable insights and expert opinion for starting and managing and growing your dental practice. Enjoy the show. We have gone through the basics of setting up your clinic. So now it's time to start thinking about connecting with dental suppliers. On today's episode, we have Jamie Emson and Brock Carson with Henry Shine. They will be joining us to talk about the role of dental reps in your clinic. When do you start talking to dental supply companies? The practice analysis process? How do you select equipment for your practice? And the best way to manage inventory? Okay, let's get started. We are very excited to welcome our special guest for today's episode, Jamie Emson and Brock Carson. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Awesome. Can you give our wonderful listeners a short interview, a short introduction about yourselves? Sure. I'm uh, I'm Jamie Imison. So I've been in the dental industry on the supply dealer side for about seven years. I started with Patterson Dental, and for the last two years, I've been working for Henry Shine in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, Brock Crossan. I uh, come up on my fifth year with Shine. Um, kind of primarily focus on the business side of things, uh, equipment and uh, inventory management. Um, and yeah, it's kind of been the, the niche that, uh, that I've been taking on for the last while. That's fantastic. Um, so dental supply companies and dental reps play a critical role in the success of a practice, right? Um, you know, in my opinion, they're the, you know, should be a trusted members of the success team uh, working with an office, right? So can you tell me uh, how a dental rep can bring value to an office? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head. We see ourselves as partners in the business. We see ourselves in in trusted confidants and consultants. Um, We know we can affect change in every aspect of the business, not just supplies and inventory management and things like that, but helping grow gross production, uh, staffing issues, helping team team harmony, um, as well as getting the clinic just running as efficient as possible. Yeah, I find that um, a lot of dentists, they kind of have, a, you know, your financial advisor, your accountant and your lawyer as your three kind of pillars of advice. And it's kind of exciting, you know, in the last two to three years, we've kind of filled the fourth pillar there and really partnered with uh, with not only their third party success uh, parties, but uh, with the dentists as well and really driving the business um, from an organic standpoint. Perfect. So let's unpack the value conversation. Okay. You know, because when we're talking to clients, they could be in different stages. You know, somebody who is just opening up, up a clinic, somebody who's uh, acquiring 
an existing clinic. Let's drill down and you know how uh, a dental rep or the dental supply company can provide value to these two scenarios. So for us, I mean, we've been fortunate. Um, we've had great mentorship uh, from the very beginning, but um, you know, Shine at the forefront has a lot of tools and power behind it, which has allowed us to explore, you know, more of a consultative role when it comes to this. Um, we have tools like the practice analysis, uh, which is a complete game changer for us. But it allows us to take a step back and say, you know what, we have people to deal with some of the other minutiae behind it, where we can now focus on, okay, what do we want to look at? What growth? You know, what's really important to the dentist? Is saving $5,000 important or is making 150 I would say the latter, and we want to focus on that. If you're still hung up on the five, we'll still find a way to save you that five, but let's make you that 150. Let's make that our goal. Let's always try to keep climbing that mountain and let's not be okay with status quo. And I think that's where the biggest value proposition comes is, you know what, we're going to find what's comfortable for you and we'll work around you. But at the end of the day, we got to make sure we keep climbing that hill. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think in Alberta, we've been lucky in the dental industry for a long time. Um, every dentist has been very profitable and they've done very well. Patients have always been very accepting of treatment other than, you know, a few outliers. But, you know, the industry's changing and, you know, it's all about visibility to those statistics that are going on within your business dentistry is no longer any different from running a grocery store or a restaurant anymore you really have to be conscious of what's going on in those four walls um, for the longest time it was kind of talk to your accountant at the end of the year find out how you did and then next year try to come up with a plan to do better well now we're able to pull those curtains over open mid-year look at some of the statistics and the analytics that are going on within the business and come up with a plan that we can change from right now rather than waiting till the end of the year and we get our you know, financial statements and find out that, oh man, we didn't do so good. So, um, you know, it's been our main focus to set goals with our clients, find out what really is important to them. Um, you know, we talk a lot about production. It's kind of how we're wired, but uh, production goes hand in hand with standard of care and quality of care delivered to patients. So, you know, if, if the focus is on patient care, the lucky thing about dentistry is that the money usually follows. So. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. I'm, 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 I will be circling back to the practice analysis process and, you know, what does that report, um, you know, entails. But I want to go back to somebody who's thinking to open their practice. They just signed their lease, okay? You know, at this point, they're, they're out, okay, to say, I want to build my practice. Okay, who, who should they talk to? When they should start looking and talking to uh, dental supply companies? And what does that process look like? So shame on us because they already signed their lease. But uh, uh, we usually we usually like to get we like to be the first point of contact. And the reason is is we can streamline a lot of things. We've prided ourselves in partnering with the very best and brightest in the business. Um, we have fantastic accountants, fantastic lawyers, lease negotiators, um, real estate agents that can look out for space for us. And we try to make it as seamless a process as it possibly can. Um, we definitely don't want to be seen as the guys that you know you come select which chair you want and you write your check and that's the last you hear about us. We want to be strategic planners in the whole process. So Brock and I have really focused on helping clients develop business plans, uh, forecast costs and expenses, forecast production, um, really ground level stuff working hand in hand with accountants um, just to make sure that every doctor knows what they're getting themselves into. They have realistic goals on where they should be in certain time periods and, you know, take the guessing game out of what a new business will look like in the dentist, dental industry. 
Yeah, and I think, too, you know, quarterbacking the whole situation, like Jamie says, and we have such a good team around us that, you know, when we put a designer, a contractor, a real estate person, a lawyer, a leasing um, negotiator, uh, our equipment specialists, um, our install team, you know, when you start look at site inspections, things like that, we have people that look after that. I mean, everyone kind of joins the team and it's direct kind of point to the dentist. So it's the first time they're probably ever going to be doing this and it may be the last. So they don't know what they're doing. So if we can quarterback it, and I've done five this year, and, you know, I really lean heavily on those third-party people or the people within Shine to really help with it because I don't have all the answers and I don't want to have all the answers. I want to be able to pass it off to the professionals in each of their fields, and I find it goes really, really seamlessly, and it makes that first-time experience really enjoyable because at the end of the day, you know, you can go look at any of the clinics we're building right now. They're dream clinics, and it's the first clinic people have done it's really cool to see yeah for sure is i mean brock hit the nail on the head there it's a stressful process when you're going at it alone and you know a dentist skill set is in the mouth it, it really is that's where they should be practicing that's where they should be making their money and doing you know what they love to do so if we can take some of the headache away from that process we, we love doing it we do it day in and day out and uh you know we love showing our value that way that's fantastic. So, you know, just briefly, uh, I mean, you know, buying equipment and it's, it's a major expense. H- how, how, what are the criteria for example, selecting, you know, good, good equipment? Um, so yeah, so basically, I mean, there's kind of a, a laundry list of questions we like to ask a dentist when they are looking at equipment, you know, the type of dentistry you want to do where you see yourself in the future, right? Obviously, we don't want to build a dental clinic for somebody and have it in three years. We've got to completely change the thing because they had envisions of doing, you know, sleep apnea therapy or, you know, implants, uh, you know, molar endo, whatever it happens to be. You know, we want to make sure that when the clinic is built, it's it's future proofed. So that's one of the aspects that we look at. But we do ask them questions. You know, what do you want to see? At the end of the day, they're spending more time in their dental clinic a lot of the times than they are at home. Right. So this is their new home. So how do we make it as comfortable for them as possible, as efficient as possible? And you look at it, at the end of the day, I mean, dentistry is not getting cheaper. It's not getting easier. The fee guide's not going up, things like that. The pressures from the public are, you know, insurmountable. We need to make life easier on these dentists. The only way to do that is to make sure that they're fully equipped with the tools that they need to perform the proper dentistry that they want to do and that the public demands of them. And if that means high-level technology and, you know, continuing education, things like that, we need to give them the tools to be able to do that dentistry. Yeah, we talk a lot about age demographics too with what we do and you know the millennials and the and the new generations that are coming out it's not the old ice cream window like you used to walk in and it would open up and there'd be one receptionist and you'd hear screaming kids in the back of the dental office it's not like that anymore it's um you know these are spa like clinics they're very relaxing when you walk in uh the dentist loves to set the tone and set a mood and make sure that their patients are as comfortable as possible um, you know, I mentioned the millennials a little bit earlier. Brock and I are a little bit on the cusp of millennials there too. And uh, to be honest, you know, it's sad. It really is. But the average person doesn't understand the difference from dentist to dentist. They figure that there's a DDS or a DMD behind the name and that they can all perform the same way. They are all trained the exact same way. They have the same set of skills. And, you know, being in the industry, we all know that's not true. We know that some people pride themselves on continuing education and get better and better and some don't. Um, So a lot of times people are being judged on how their clinic feels. 
you know what they were what it was like the experience was like when they got into the door how long did they have to wait in the waiting room was there mud in, on the floor or was it clean you know certain things like that so a lot of times when we recommend equipment as well you know we get a feel from the dentist on what message would you like to send do you want this to be a very sleek and modern looking clinic do you want it to feel homey and cottagey i mean you know brock and i actually just teamed up on one in rural northern alberta and it turned out fantastic it's a it's a family-based practice where you know a lot of parents love to bring their kids because it's homey it's warm and that was the message they were trying to send and you know luckily we were able to help them do that so that's uh, that's really awesome so as, as a dentist who's you know just starting out with their first clinic how, how do we balance the conversation between you know getting the necessity of equipment right uh, and not overspending right uh, you know you, you guys alluded to the pressures in the market you know the the fee guide the competition so how do we make sure that you know the dentist gets the important stuff right and then as they grow you know, they, they add the tools they need to help them grow. So basically, I mean, we look at responsible buying. One of the reasons that we started doing, you know, pro formas and three-year valuations for practices and what they can expect is so we can build a budget for them, a responsible budget. So we'll look at, you know, if they're billing in Edmonton, we know exactly what the average wage is for a team member in Edmonton. So we can kind of say, okay, well, this how many hours are going to be open? This is how much you're going to pay somebody. So this is what your expense is going to be monthly. This is what the term is that the banks are giving right now. This is what your costs are going to be. This is what the equipment's going to cost you. This is what your lease costs you. By starting at the very beginning before you sign anything, coming to us and we can quarterback everything. Now we can create these capital expenditures, pro formas, business plans for you. And then we can responsibly tell you, you know what, this is your cap. If you just want to go loose and go willy nilly, I'll spend your money. I got no problem doing it, but it's not responsible, right? You know, the company might love it, but it, at the end of the day, I don't want to build a clinic for somebody. And in three years, I got to go take back equipment out of that clinic because I can't afford it. So if we can find it where it's responsible saying, you know what, let's start with three ops or let's start with four ops. And you know what, if 3D is the right way to go, let's go 3D, but let's hold off on the CAD cam. Or if CAD cam is the way to go, that's going to be your marketing strategy. Let's implement that first and let's go 3D later. Whatever it happens to be, we're going to do it responsibly. But we need to make sure that they're set up for success. So there's certain areas where you can kind of nickel and dime a little bit. And there's certain areas where if you do, it's going to cost you 10 times over in the future. And that's just not responsible on our end. So at the end of the day, we talk about partnerships all the time. The partnership starts from day one. It's, it's responsibility from day one to our partnering dentists that in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, they're going to be looked be able to look back on it, shake our hands and say, you know what, you made a difference in my life. And that's, that's the cool aspect of it. And that's why we do everything from the beginning. Yeah, you know, and one huge value we have is that, you know, we know the markets, right? So, you know, I've, I've just out of curiosity gone on Google thousands of times and said, how do I build a dental practice? And there's millions of blogs and, you know, advice columns that, that tell you exactly what to do. You should be having this per square foot for opera story size, you should spend this much money on this, this much money on that. When in reality, it, it can be different depending on which area you're building in, right? Um, you know, for example, if you're in, you're in a rural area where there's not a lot of opportunity to refer to specialists and patients don't want to drive to a major center, well then maybe CAD CAM is the way to go, right? There might be a huge opportunity for you to keep a lot of that lab expense in-house. Um, on top of that, you know, we've seen some horror stories where, you know, we've heard of, of people who take 6,000 square feet for a space and they put in two operatories. 
well, it's almost impossible to generate that income to pay that $6,000 or 6,000 square foot lease, right? And at the same time, they're installing a $50,000 security system. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about trying to communicate with the doctor. Here's what you can plan for your expenses to be. And here's what you can realistically plan for your profit to be. Um, you know, like Brock said, we, we don't want to ever apologize to somebody for selling them something they didn't need. Uh, this is a long-term business for us. We get you know, our bread and butter is the ongoing business and the partnership for years after. Um, and, you know, future-proofing is huge too. I, I love what I'm hearing uh, because, in, in my opinion, that is what a value-added uh, service is, right, is, is giving true guidance, right, for the long term, you know, and I see it, you know, over, over and over. Somebody who's successful, they go out, they, you know, will, will build another practice or will acquire another practice, um, and then they continue that relationship. So I, I really love, you know, what I'm hearing here. So in summary, you know, what is a good, the role of a good rep? So I would say, you know, the years of coming in every week and taking a supply order and telling them about the new composite and new bond, those years are dead. Are they? Um, I, <laughs> they're dead. They're dead. Uh, to be honest with you, Google knows more than any of us do about supplies. Um, so, you know, it's easy to Google what the new bond is and how strong it is and whatever, and you can order your supplies online. So in summary, the role of a good rep is, is literally somebody that you can run every business decision by. So whether it's you've decided you don't want to associate anymore and you want to start a new practice, well then your first point of contact should be that trusted source, right, of a rep. Um, whether it's you, you have an existing practice and you're noticing that you want to grow it, then the first point of contact should be the rep. How do I grow this thing? Let's come up with strategies. It's just all honestly, like Brock said, that fourth pillar, you know, alongside your accountant, your lawyer, financial advisors, they should be right there to offer you all kinds of advice and uh, be in it for your best interest long term. Now, you know, the flip side of this, in your opinion, what is the role of a dentist? Because the dentist plays a big part of this partnership. You know, what, what is the expectation from the dentist? Um, so a lot of the times, I mean, when we have these conversations, and there's there's some people that, you know, they want to go on their way and just do what they do, and it is what it is, and status quo is okay. And if that's okay for the person, that's fine. But the guys that we sit down with, and we can look across the table and say, you know what, we want to start climbing that mountain together, let's go. It's a partnership from that moment going forward, and it's, you know, there is expectation there. They, they have expectation from us. You know, they want us to do these reports and help them and, you know, answer questions and be there for them for when they need it and help their team members, things like that. At the end of the day, we need that leadership from them as well because nothing's going to change without dentist help, right? So they're always going to be the leader in that practice. They're in there for, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day, four, five, six days a week where we might be in there, you know, for an hour, one day a week and then have a meeting with them, you know, structure planning meeting, things like that. We don't have the impact that they can have. So we really need that leadership to be there and the understanding that, you know, we are a part of this team. We are part, you know, partners with them. Make sure their team knows it as well. So, it, you know, it's understood. It's not just guy coming in trying to make a change. If we need to be the mule and the whipping boy, <laughs> hey, that's okay. We'll take it on the chin, you know, blame it on us. But at the end of the day, you know, it is a partnership. So when we do go in, it's not, you know, hey, girls, you know, how's, how's the weather? How was the weekend? You know, do you want to go and look at pictures of my dog? It's, you know, how's the schedule looking? How are we, you know, how are we doing? What obstacles are you facing? You know, what's the challenges? And then we can relay that message to the dentist because not all the time 
the staff wants to talk to the dentist about that. Sorry, the team wants to talk to the dentist about that, right? So we can act as that kind of bridge between two, saying, you know what, we might need to focus on this area of communication because a lot of the patients are talking about maybe it's the new fee guide or maybe it's, you know, your hours aren't conducive to what we're looking for, the demographics change in the practice. How do we have a different conversation with those different types of people? Well, we can actually do things to help them. And we have modules and things like that that we can walk through with the team and go through and do sessions and instruct them on how to have better conversations with the people or what to focus on when they are having those conversations. It's actually really powerful. So it is a partnership, and but we need the dentist to be the leader and at the forefront of those changes. Fantastic. I mean, uh, I, I see it as the dentist have to have that buy-in, you know, to and select the team, select the right team to, to work with, right? So let's circle back to uh, the practice analysis. You know, what kind of data can you guys pull from that practice analysis and, and how is that beneficial to the dentist? So it comes back to visibility and, you know, Fortunately, we, you know, we work a lot with Dentrix. So, you know, if you're a Dentrix user, you know, there's a lot of practice analytics you can run, key performance indicators that you can keep up on to see how the clinic's doing month to month, etc. Um, but one thing you could never do is compare it to a baseline. So what we do with the practice analysis is we take data out of the practice management software and we compare everything to a baseline of a standard of care that is specific to each dentist. So what I mean by that is a basic standard of care is how often would you like to see a patient for a healthy scale and polish? How often would you like to see them for a recall exam? How often are we taking bite wing x-rays? How often are we taking a pan? And how often are we doing complete exams? So that becomes our baseline of comparison. And then what we do is we consolidate the data that we pull out of Dentrix or whatever patient management software they're doing, and we create almost a report card. So what the report card ends up being is, this is the doctor's ideal standard of care that he would like executed on every patient that walks in the door, and here's the actual dentistry that's being done. And where are their gaps? So for instance, if, if there's 2,000 active patients and he wants to do a recall exam once a year, and he's only done 1,500 recalls last year, well, we have a gap of 500 recall exams that weren't done. So why weren't they done? It's not the end of the world that they weren't done, but maybe we have a Friday where there's no dentist in and there's three hygienists. Well, maybe that's something where we need to bring an associate in or we need to have the dentist in that Friday because this is all revenue as well as undercovering, dentist, undercovering possible dentistry that's not being realized, right? So certain gaps like that that we can see when we use this report card, and then we help the dentist come up with a plan of action to capitalize on those gaps. Um, so if it's a matter of, like Brock said, run modules with the team on how to communicate with patients better, uh, maybe we need a morning huddle because we're not getting all the panoramic x-rays we need to take. Um, maybe, maybe it's just something where we need literally need more space, right? We don't have enough oper operatories or hours in the day to capitalize on exactly what the doctor would like to see. But that's all uncovered in the practice analysis, and then we help kind of read the report and find out a game plan moving forward. I, I, I love this because this is really amazing. It's not only highlighting where the weaknesses are, right? It's also recommending an action plan, right? And you know the you know how the say, the saying goes, like if if you can't you know you can't measure it, you can't improve it, right? Um, so this is usually this practice analysis is done on uh, an existing clinic, or how, how does it work? Normally, yeah. Um, you usually need at le at least probably a year to two. 
of, of data that you that you've been working in an existing practice um, if you run one in a in a brand new practice well then you haven't even hit six months or a year of what you'd like your standard of care to be um, so it's usually a year or two we take two years of active patients as part of the baseline as well so that's anybody who's had any code built to them in the last 24 months uh, so yeah it's definitely an, an existing clinic thing um, we've also kind of evolved it to use for people who are acquiring new practices or existing practices. So what we do in the due diligence period there is when they're looking at a new existing practice to buy from another practitioner, let's say, we can run that practice analysis on that practice with the purchasing dentist standard of care to see what type of upside is there. Because, you know, with the value of practices right now and what they're selling for in Alberta, it's going crazy. Um, (laughs) So you'll take any advantage that you can to add revenue. Um, so no longer is it, it still is, sorry, I shouldn't say no longer, but it's, oh, I do implants and that guy didn't. Well, I do endo and that guy didn't. Well, those are still very valid, but this is, well, this is your standard of care. It's not that you have to do implants or you have to do endo or you have to do ortho to realize more revenue. No, maybe you just have to put in some efficiencies into that practice to realize more revenue. We also use it, um, the practice analysis, as a direct ROI comparison. So when you start looking at different technologies and things like that, we have the ability to look at your production reports and say, okay, you've done X amount of these. With this other technology, it would have yielded this. So a lot of times manufacturers will come and they'll say, well, this is the ROI calculator. So if you do about six or seven of these, scrap that. We give you exact data from your practice. And not only that, I mean, if you're looking to bring an associate in or you're looking at ways to improve your practice, we can look at it and say, okay, you know, traditionally we see these codes build. You're not building these codes. So you're either sourcing them out or you're just not seeing that level of dentistry. So what's going on here? How can we now make a change in the practice based on doing an analytic report on just production codes build to introduce an associate or to introduce something, maybe it's a new technology or maybe it's a way to keep it in-house. Maybe it's bring third party in and say, okay, let's keep this in-house. Let's drive the revenue because it's going out the door. Right? Would you rather somebody else do the dentistry for you or would you rather do the dentistry in-house? I'd rather do it in-house myself. Absolutely. This is really, really awesome. So, you know, uh, obviously inventory is one of the, you know, things that people need to keep an eye on and, you know, how much they're spending on their dental supplies. So, in your opinion, what is the best way to manage inventory? I mean, traditionally, we've seen that, you know, people um, go out and buy once or twice a year. Uh, in, in my opinion, create that problem because now they overspend in a short period of time and then they have another problem which is managing the product, right? So how can we manage this? How can we, how can we do this better? Well, the old school way would say let's work on three plus ones and do bulk buying. Uh, <laughs> that, as again, I mean, it just doesn't work anymore. The industry's changed. Um, there's an evolution going on. You can tell by this conversation. It's not going in every week and talking about flyers and promotions. It's just a different level. So everything we do on the analytics side from a business standpoint, we can do from inventory management as well. So we have a program uh, through Shine. Luckily, we work for Shine because, man, they give us a lot of stuff. But we have this program through Shine that, I mean, it's essentially, we are now a partner on the purchasing side as well. So we have ways to check budgets. We have ideal spendings. We have ways to monitor who you're spending with and what your benefits are with those people, right? So our goal traditionally is, you know, we can go anywhere from the average discount savings is probably gonna save you about 0.7%. So if competition comes in and says, yeah, I'll give you 10% off, well, they're gonna save you 0.7. This program could save you anywhere from 1.4 to 1.8% off your top line. 
Right. So if you're spending 7%, we can get you down to, you know, 5.6 to 5.2. That's amazing. And that and you and at, while we're doing that, we're still increasing your production. So we talked about earlier, would you rather save 7 grand or make 150? Well, now you can do both. Why would you not want to do both? Right? But the best part of it is you don't have to bulk order. You don't have to do anything. Just order as you need, and we take care of the rest for you. So we work behind the scenes. We work with your girls. We do all those different things to say, you know what? This is how we're going to go about doing it. And we have the magic sauce. Can't tell you what the magic sauce is, <laughs> but there is a magic sauce. I mean, and we just we do it, and it's, it's one of those things that it is going to change the game. When I saw it uh, this past year, I was blown away. I was like, man, like this completely changed everything. You know, you can increase – business and things like that but there's always going to be people going but there's still five grand on the table they want to pick up that five grand too well now you can pick up the five grand why would you not want to do business absolutely now is this program open for everybody or how, how do, can you just give us a little bit of information about the program yeah so basically i mean what you're seeing a lot now is you're seeing a lot of people saying okay i buy you know x amount from this person x amount from this person and maybe they go online and they buy x amount from a company that maybe you know saying they're reputable but it's gonna be gray market things like that what we're trying to do is we're trying to allow a dentist who spend a lot of time and money in their practice, a lot of time and money in their skill set, you know, going to see, going to all these different things, whether you're a coist trainer, spear, whatever it happens to be, and saying, you know what, you do all this for your patients, why not put the best quality product in your patient's mouth as well? And the way to do that is you can buy everything from me and I'm going to make it cheaper than anybody else, which is crazy because you can go on the street and, you know, the knock is, you know, there are certain companies that are more expensive than others. Well, not anymore. You can now work with me and I'm going to be the cheapest supply partner you can have. And I'm going to do it by actually grinding and working for you. And on top of that, I'm going to make you a bunch of money on the back end. Yeah, it's, it all comes down to buying power, right? And, you know, what Shine realized is as a company, that's how we buy, right? We're the biggest supply company in North America, well, in the world, as far as dental goes. And, and we use our buying power all the time. So... Basically, what we've come up with is we've come up with a program where we can strategically buy and bring that buying power to each one of our clients, right? We leverage manufacturer rebates and manufacturer discounts, as well as our rebates and discounts. And like Brock said, we can take that supply overhead down significantly just by passing this program along to them. Wow, this is amazing. I mean, hey, dentists out there, you guys heard it here. Supplies, dental supplies, cost are coming down. <laughs> this is really amazing. I love I love what I'm hearing. This is a fantastic program. Um, Jamie and Brock, thank you very much for, for your time. I really enjoyed my conversation with you. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. I know, uh, I know Shine probably appreciates it as well. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us today on Grow Your Dental Practice podcast. I'd like to thank our corporate partner, Zero, a beautiful accounting software. We use Zero for all our clients and they love it. If you'd like to know more information on myself or Shift Accounting, you can head directly to our website, shiftacct.com. You can visit the blog, sign up for our newsletter, or reach out to me directly at mohammed at shiftacct.com. Thank you.